the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Abraham Lincoln warned that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Would you like to know what's being taught in today's classrooms? Welcome to Say What? with attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. They'll explore the issues facing children, parents, and society as a result of the public schools and the forces behind them. Say What? is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr. Hello everyone, I'm George Roska. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you again to today's episode of Say What? where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including why we urge parents to remove their children from the public school system. That's right, George. As we stated in last week in part one of this topic, get out now. We know mm-hmm. it's a lightning rod topic. It's a difficult topic for a lot of parents, and it has to do with the corruption in our public school system, and which which produce a compelling argument to get their kids out. So we're going to talk about that more on this episode. So, Mark, we can talk, you know, our heads off here and chew people's ears off with fact after fact of what is actually happening in the school system. But I think there is one very critical statistic as a result of children going through the public school system that most parents are not aware of. I still remember I heard this statistic back in like 2013, 2014, when I read a book called Already Gone, and it floored me. What is it? 80% of children raised in Christian homes, once they leave the nest, lose their faith. Wow. Say what? Say what? It should be a say what uh, moment. Uh, They become relativist. They become this uh, this title known as nuns. I, you mm. know, I, I just don't believe in anything, and it doesn't take very long, George. Just a matter of years, whether they go off into industry or go to college, eighty percent lose their faith. So, if if such a big you know uh, swath of our children are experiencing and, and and public schools are having this effect on them. I think it warrants parents to maybe sit down and think, all right, I'm looking at myself. I have four children, right? 80%. That would mean three out of my four would eventually, you know, in college go the other direction. What can I as a parent be doing from now to take this warning, to take it into consideration? Well, one of the things certainly is to pay attention to what we talked about last week, which is what is the goal of biblical parenting? Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's to produce children who have a deep love for God, who understand his character and his values and are obedient to him. That is the role. It comes right out of Deuteronomy 6, uh, verse 47. The, the famous command right after the Shema of Israel, Eloi Heinu, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And right after that, people are, cha- are commanded to raise your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. So that's really where biblical parenting starts. But it's becoming harder and harder, George, when your kids are taken away out of the family home, put in an environment where the school system for six, seven hours a day, are learning things, are being inculcated in the value system that is totally against the biblical worldview. And we're seeing the way this plays out on on children's emotion. The suicide rate Mm. among our our kids has exploded uh, over the last few decades. Why is it so high? In fact, the CDC reports that the suicide rate has increased nearly 60 percent for kids between the ages of 10 and 24 between the years 2007 and 2018. It's just a little over a 10 year period. That's a say what happening to something's happening. And and we're talking about that. This is millions. Right. I mean, it's affecting millions and millions of children. California has six point two million students in the public school system k through 12 that's right um so these are not just you know small little statistics um with uh you know 10 100 you know kids this is a lot of kids we're talking about that's exactly right um victor frankel frankel who was a jewish holocaust survivor he wrote his famous his famous book about his experience during the holocaust the search for meaning which mm-hmm. i urge all our listeners to read and he wrote famous not a christian man but he was a, a a believing jew and he wrote that people can do anyhow they can get through anyhow as long as they understand the why right the meaning for things But our culture, and especially in our school system, is teaching, it's promoting a nihilistic and irrational worldview. It's telling children you're the product of evolution. There is no inherent or implicit meaning to your life other than that what you give it. It's kind of the Epicurean philosophy, George. Drink and be merry, for tomorrow you die. And that's what our public schools are teaching their children. So it's no wonder that the children are facing an existential crisis. And many of them, unfortunately, are taking their own lives. And the the only meaning in life for them is, is their own happiness. And when they don't find it in the things of this world, they don't find it in their friendships. They don't find it in the drugs that they might be trying and experimenting. They don't find it in, obviously, going to school, right, every day for eight hours. Right. Uh, they don't find it in any of that. And if their parents are not there to help support yes. this either, then you have this recipe for disaster. That's right. So one metric, I mean, aside from learning uh, arithmetic, math, reading skills, and things like that, of a a public school curriculum, is the human flourishing of our children. 
Are they prospering? Are they doing well? Are they becoming happier, right? This is one of our unalienable rights, the pursuit of happiness. Mm -hmm. And all the statistics, George, say we're going in exactly the opposite direction. So I think we should probably talk about why that is and the specific things that are being taught in our public schools that lead to this kind of despair in our children. Yeah, and you know, for for us at Protect Our Kids, we've taken this uh, triple threat, right? Yep. And uh, we've uh, looked at the top three issues that our children face every day in the public school system. And even though there isn't necessarily a class for it, right, this just this worldview permeates every curricula. It could be in math, it could be in science, it could be in geography. Um, this worldview permeates it. And the triple threat is comprehensive sexuality education, critical race theory, and historical revisionism. That's right. And as you well point out, it's not just what is taught in classroom settings itself. This is a culture, George, that permeates the, the primary school campus. Posters, uh, side discussions, rallies, a Pride Observation Month. It's, it's happening everywhere. You, you cannot escape it. And so when you, when you have children in this environment, uh, wh- who do they have to go to for, for good advice, for, for good teaching, for good learning? Well, they're put in an environment where not only the authority figures are teaching them things that are counterfactual, counterproductive mm-hmm. to the biblical worldview, but most of their time is with their peers. So it's peers teaching peers. And when you have people coming into adolescence and that adolescent angst, this is a formula for, for, uh, for trouble. You know, one of the, the ideas that hit me hard uh, a few years ago, as, as I was seeing my two older boys, uh, you know, getting now into school, uh, I, I started thinking, what was life like before the Industrial Revolution, before people flocked into cities and they spent, you know, 12, 14, 16 hours a day working in factories? Um, it, it was the agrarian culture, right? And you had families around their homes, around their farms, children even though they might have gone maybe to that, you know, one-room schoolhouse um, and spent some time there, most of their time was around their parents. And their parents from the earliest age to when they became adults, uh, they were around farming together, uh, being blacksmiths, being whatever it was, you passed down your trade, basically, to your children. Um, But time was of the essence. And I started asking myself, wow, so if my kids are going to be eight hours a day gone from, from me, plus I don't get back home until 5.30, 6 o'clock, what time do I have with them? That's right. And I think that was one of the first things that started just triggering in my mind as a parent, how do I solve this time issue? It's not just quality of time, it's quantity as well. Quantity yes. of time is, is, is very, very yeah. important. So, George, we should let our, our listeners know about what are the primary threats to our children in the public school system. And we, we do call it the triple threat. And the first one, of course, is uh, comprehensive sexuality education. And again, we mean it 
in, in the classroom setting, yes, but beyond the classroom, there's certain things that that worldview, and it is a worldview uh, behind this thing, um, is teaching our children. And the first thing is it, it preaches uh, a different gospel. It does. It, it's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the gospel of sexual orientation, gender identity. And, and I, our teachers have become evangelists of this gospel. And, and I think that's a say what moment. Because parents need to understand that teachers coming out of their credential program, their master's program in teaching, they are being indoctrinated with this worldview and saying, you have to go into the public school system and become an activist and rescue these children. Oh, children, we mentioned suicide rates and dying, right? They're using the same statistic, but they're flipping it around and they're saying, well, because we're not allowing them to express their identity, we're not allowing them to be who they want to be. That's why children are committing suicide. Right. So teachers are going in with some of them just, you know, being completely honest, right? They really want to do good. They do. They see it as their mission. But they've been told the, you know, the, the wrong interpretation of those statistics. And we have actually recently in, in, in you know, my own circle of friends, uh, one of them has gone on to go and get his uh, master's degree in, in teaching. And he brought for me, just out of curiosity, I asked him, can you bring me a book of what they're teaching you? Mm-hmm. Dismantling white supremacy, the heteronormativity in our society, the yeah. patriarchy, all of that is critical reading. For teachers. Yeah, absolutely. They see it as their mission to advance these agendas, thinking passionately that this is going to help society, that it's going to help children, that it's going to solve societal problems, that it's going to enhance or promote social justice, which is a big concept in, in primary school campuses now. But it has, as you pointed out, the exact opposite effect, and it leads to uh, dis- despairing children. And it's not just the teachers themselves, it's the organizations behind them. The California Teachers Association, the National Educators Association, these are huge, huge unions. Uh, In fact, the NEA in 2019 famously at their conference had drag queens that that were there. Children were in attendance. And they were promoting things as part of their policy of things like open borders, youth sexual rights that you talked about last week, uh, sodomy, gender distortion. And then you have the third-party organizations like SECUS, Sexuality Information and Education Council of of the United States, whose byline is sex ed for social change. That's really what they're trying to affect. And they only recently changed that, like almost two years ago. That's right. And so for they've been operating in the United States from the early 1960s, and they were basically a spinoff of Planned Parenthood because the Planned Parenthood, you know, uh, Mary Calderon, yep. uh, former uh, medical director. So they've been operating in the U.S. for almost 60 years as being, you know, the, the think tank for sex education. But now they come straight out to say why. 
What's their purpose? They're not trying to hide it at yeah. all. You know, it, it is it is geared for social change, and they've been incredibly successful. Of course, they're not the only ones. Last week, we talked a lot about Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. their whole sexual rights documents, and now that's being pushed down into the, the primary school system. And then you have another group called Advocates for Youth that is a big promoter of comprehensive sex ed curriculums. Their byline is young, powerful taking over. Yeah. So now the children are in charge of the curriculum. They're the ones who are running the show. It's the exact opposite of the biblical worldview. Yep. And parents out there, listeners out there, we just mentioned three organizations. There are hundreds, if not thousands of these around the country. All you have to do is you need to just go and Google real quick. Um, the National Sex Education Standards. And when you look at the supporting organization, the list is endless. Yes. Um, and you can't get away from it, George. So these are the organizations now that are responsible for advancing this worldview on campus. And again, outside the camp, outside the classroom, mm-hmm. it's everywhere with events like Coming Out Day, Day of Silence, LGBTQ History Month, Transgender Awareness Week, Pride Observation Month. That's just six out of a dozen or so that happen every year, regularly. On Virtually every month, there's some alternative worldview message being advanced. And right now, when this uh, podcast episode is airing, it's actually the month of June. It is. June is Pride Month. It is. And it's hitting Every school near you, even though school might be out, they use those last you know two weeks that maybe happen in June. Maybe other states who end in, in May, they get to get away with this. Uh, but in California here, schools usually end middle of June, and so our kids get hit really hard. They, they are being hit with it. So uh, creating teacher evangelists for the Soji worldview, that's one of the things that sex ed does. The other thing it does, George, is it, it actually denies human biology, right? Correct. It, it, it tells children that they can be, be any gender, that their subjective minds happen to believe in that particular day. And it's been institutionalized. It's not only taught in the classroom. We now have genderless bathrooms and locker rooms. So how confusing is this for children? I can't imagine growing up today in our public school system. Uh, It's tough enough just dealing with maybe the things we dealt with in the past. I mean, when I was in school, it was bullying was a pretty big topic. Uh, Drug. uh, We had the D.A.R.E. program, drug abuse, resistance education. Uh, Those are probably the two biggest topics we, we had to deal with. Now, on top of that, to deal with your gender, to deal with, Um, you know, LGBTQ issues to deal with all of this, um, we are bombarding our children with just confusion upon confusion. Imagine being a a young woman, uh, uh, you know, advancing into uh, puberty, and she walks into the restroom thinking that she's going to have privacy. And all of a sudden, a young man uh, walks in there who identifies as now as a woman for that day or for that month or maybe permanently. Um, this has to be traumatic for our young girls, but this is what's happening now. This is the worldview that's being promulgated on, on campuses. Yep. 
the next thing it does is it, it sexualizes kids. And actually, these curriculums teach children to start practicing, to start exploring sexual behavior in grade school. Because it's their sexual right, they have the right to pleasure. They all they need to do is actively consent, even though it's illegal to have sexual activity when you're a minor. Um, and we see this now in the statistics. If you look in in the CDC, they come out every single year with what they call a youth risk behavior surveillance report. Yes. And when you look at that, when you look at the heterosexual population versus the LGBTQ population in the statistics, the LGBTQ students that identify, they are three to five times more than likely to experience sexual dating violence. Uh, And and I asked myself when I was reading these statistics, who is a gay person dating another gay person? Who is a lesbian person dating another lesbian person? Why is this sexual violence, sexual harassment, like the, the, the craziest of sexual abuses happening at three to five times the rate in that population as opposed to in the heterosexual population. They are being sexualized. Yeah, they, they really are. So, George, I mean, we've got about five minutes left. and we, The only thing we've really talked about is uh, comprehensive sexuality education. But there are other things going on now in the school system, like critical race theory. It's all over the news. We, we've talked about it before. The problem is it's never been a curriculum in our public schools. But now that, that that's happening, uh, maybe you can address the ethnic studies framework that has been approved recently. Wow. I mean, this has taken the nation by storm. And I think people have been wondering, like, how in the world did we get here so quickly? Yeah. And not realizing that the groundwork has been laid for at least a couple generations. Um, So critical race theory is merely a subset of critical theory, which then you can just change the name. We we have comprehensive sexuality education. That's just critical sex theory, critical queer theory, right? Uh, And critical race theory now just, you know, divides up the the races into oppressors and oppressed categories. So in California, uh, we have now uh, an ethnic studies model curriculum. 800 pages long. 800 pages long, which is basically the the framework, just like the health framework. Now we have an ethnic studies framework. Uh, And it really tries to paint and portray America uh, in white, heteronormative males, uh, Christian males in general. as heteronormative <laughs> patriarchy. Oh. you got to keep track of these words. Yeah, it's like five or six adjectives before you can get <laughs> finally to, to the conclusion. Um, and so here you have um, really now the, the, the full-blown version of in the past, let's say 10 years ago, toxic masculinity might have been, you know, the buzzword. That's right. Now it's much deeper than that. And now what we see is boys are having issues growing up because they don't know how to be boys. They don't know how, what it means to be a man. Uh, if, a, you know, if girls are dealing with the transgenderism side, which Abigail Schreier has exposed in her book called Irreversible Damage, uh, one of the things that I had learned from Rebecca Friedrichs 
is, you know, she was a teacher for almost three decades here in Orange County. And she was telling me what, what little boys are going through uh, in the public school system. Uh, and the, the toxic masculinity now is really extrapolated into critical race theory where um, as a male, white male, you are the problem of America. You are the reason why America was a slaveocracy or is a slaveocracy, why it's systemically racist today, uh, why there is gender pay gaps, why there, why there is everything in, in America. You were born into it. You had no choice about it. And you need to learn to deconstruct your light skin color into a certain category of patriarchy, of white Correct. supremacy, and makes whatever reparations you can to, to correct the status that you happen to be born in. Which they say is anti-racist. That's what you need to be, anti-racist. Yes, they, they flip these terms. It's, it's a war of language, really. And we're creating student act activists. In fact, we've talked before about the, the Civic Secures Democracy Act, which is working its way through Congress. We're federalizing the critical race theory. And if that happens... Uh, part of the curriculum actually creates student activists to go out and march in rallies and to revolt and, uh, and be student uh, organizers, yes. community organizers for critical race theory. A very good case study for parents here, and we're running out of time. Please look into an article by the City Journal, The Children Warriors of Portland. Yes. Portland has been a very extreme example of what this leads to and the children activists that have led all of these Antifa and Black Lives Matters rallies. One last point. Mary Rice Hassan and Teresa Farnan said it's impossible to put the genie back in the bottle of all of these things that are now part and parcel of the public school system. Really, the only safe thing that parents can do to protect their kids from this kind of systemic indoctrination is to get their kids out of the public school system. That's all we can do. So parents, we encourage you to get informed, get activated, and please, you are the first and probably only line of defense for your children. Until next time. See you later. You've been listening to Say What? The radio ministry of Protect Our Kids, where they seek to inform and equip concerned citizens about the crisis in American public education and the forces working against our children. Join us at this same time every Saturday as attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Rosca Jr. unpack the issues so that we can better safeguard our nation's children. For more information about this program or Protect Our Kids, email the show at info at protectourkidsnow.org. That's info at protectourkidsnow.org. And join Mark and George right here next week at this same time for another episode of Say What? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.